Welcome to How to Have Fun at Work. My name is Lynn Parker, and I spent years doing something I was good at, but not having any fun. Then one of my clients told me that women aren't funny. So I created Funny Women, and the rest is history. In this podcast, I talk to guests from both comedy and business. They have a lot more in common than you would ever imagine. Hi there. In this episode, I'm looking at intelligence. This can mean the intelligence we glean from collecting data and undertaking research, or it can be about intellect and how we interpret the information we're given. Comedy is often perceived as an intellectual pursuit, the domain of bright, witty, Oxbridge-educated people. But how do we counter that with silly puns and slapstick? Here to help me grapple the definition to the ground are my two highly intelligent guests, They've never met, so let me welcome and introduce you to each other. Grace Lown, meet Gronya Maguire. Yay! Hello. Hello. My first guest is Grace Lown, pronounced like town, so she says. She is Head of Public Affairs for Kantar Public, who provide evidence and advisory services for governments and the public sector around the world. As part of her day job, Grace produces Kantar's Reykjavik Index for Leadership, a global study measuring attitudes in society towards women in leadership. Grace tells me she's worked in communications and marketing for nearly a decade. For organisations with social impact, she's worked in the UK, India and Israel. Welcome, Grace. Lovely to see you again. Thank you so much for having me. I think being described as either fun and or intelligent feels like such a pat on the head. I'm not sure which I prefer. So thanks for having me to talk about either. Just take it. Just take it, Grace. (laughs) Of course, we could have said that your surname rhymes with clown as well. I know. And I have used that in the past, but then people honestly expect a level of humour afterwards, like, (laughs) and, um, which is hard to deliver on cue. Although, yeah. Yeah, we'll you want to try that. running a company called Funny Women? Yeah. <laughs> so do they. Yeah. Now, we've had lots of fun. We, we've worked together before, haven't we? We've worked on one of our hilarious events together, and uh, that was fun. It was fun. It was great fun, but I think it doesn't happen by accident. Fun doesn't happen by accident, oh. and it's not spontaneous like it looks in the movies, <laughs> and... In work, it certainly is not dictated by a few beanbags um, in the corner or some fun art on the wall. So I think it's a lot of hard work to make something fun. And if someone promises fun, I expect it a bit less. It's a bit of a big call out, isn't it, really? Is it it fun at Cantor? It can be fun. Um, I think, you know, shared experiences that can be creative always have the potential for fun. And maybe like fun's cousins um <laughs> humor and light-heartedness probably have more of a day-to-day role than perhaps fun um but it has a role but yeah I just do not think it happens by accident I think you have to plan for it um for those moments of kind of levity well we do have a fun expert with us in the form of Gronya Maguire welcome Gronya hello <laughs> Uh, Gronya and I first encountered each other back in 2008 when she reached the final of the Funny Women Awards. She is indeed an award-winning stand-up comedian and comedy writer with appearances and credits on BBC Radio 4's comedy flagships, The Now Show, The News Quiz and Dead Ringers. 
She's worked on the 2020 BAFTA Awards Ceremony. She's worked on Channel 4's The Last Leg and 8 Out of 10 Cats and much, much more. The News Jack episode she script-edited with Sarah Campbell won the Rose Door for Best Radio Comedy. She's also written for The Independent, The Guardian and The Irish Times and performed at leading comedy festivals including Edinburgh, Galway, Kilkenny and Leicester, bagging a few Best Show nominations along the way. So... Welcome, Gronya. Lovely to see you. Oh, I feel really, I feel really good about myself now. Thanks for that. <laughs> well, you know, comedy does sound, to take Grace's words out, out of her mouth, like fun to people. But for those uninitiated, there is an awful lot of hard work and graft that goes into the kind of credits that you've got. Is there not? Yeah, I mean, you have to work hard to have fun and it's a mixture of it's like anything else it's like if you want to be a tennis player or an athlete you have to put in all the boring hours of training so that you can have those brief moments of inspiration and you can craft you know scripts or ideas or jokes and stuff so it is a lot of fun but it's also hard work too I think that's often not appreciated actually um, how hard it is to uh turn out the kind of material that people like yourself do. So to our topic for this episode, uh, leading question, um, but what, what, what is intelligence? Uh, I'm going to go to you, Grace, first, because there's two different interpretations. Do you want to talk about it from the perspective of the, the world of research? Yeah, so I think... Um, and this is a humongous question, it is, which I won't try and be too boring about the kind of um, semantics of it. But I think it's about the treatment of information. So vast amounts of information um, has a very finite value, if it has value at all, um, because you have to do something with it and know what you want to do with it. So I think intelligence is about how you can turn information into action and knowing what lenses to apply on top of it whether it's cultural or economic or financial the list goes on um, to treat a problem or to you know direct your energy so I think that's what really intelligence is and how you can measure it is how successful you are then with um, using that information. It is all about the measurement and data though isn't it that there's a lot of a lot of time spent on that. There's a lot of time spent on that. And there's a lot of information in the world, obviously, that already exists, um, to use maybe the vaguest sentence of the podcast so far. But, you know, <laughs> data sets, we've been measuring things around the world, to use the collective we, for hundreds of years. Um, and we measure things every day, you know, all, whether it doesn't matter, financial transactions. So, if you measure something, it doesn't necessarily mean that you treasure it and that you know what you're going to do mm. with it afterwards. It's about applying that second layer to make it really mean something um, that can better inform whatever comes next, I think is the key to intelligence. So you're on the front line with sort of marketing and public relations as well. So there's a, a responsibility in how you distribute that information. And, you know, I've worked in PR for many years before I'd set up Funny Women and Gronya writes for a couple of leading newspapers as well. So we're all on the receiving end of that. Yes, and it's taken on new debate, you know, in the last year, uh, 
you know, because of political elections or because of the pandemic in terms of what information we receive and what it means and whose responsibility is it to police that if there is an ability to police it at all. Mm. Um, and you need to say something. You can't just put something out into the world and just let everybody interpret it. We're just simply too busy. So finding the kind of nuance between um, sharing information and applying a lens that at least can be apolitical um, and not uh, intentionally divisive. It's incredibly challenging at times, but it can be really fun when you get it right. I'm not um, just saying that. It really can feel like a creative process. So, Gronya, um, some interesting things to unpick there. You've sort of been on the receiving end of some interesting intelligence. And I'd like to come back a little bit to the idea that comedians are intelligent and how they use that information answer uh, answer in your own way (laughs) it's so fascinating so I think when you do stand-up or it's or even your the writing it's a real sort of trick you play on the audience where you have to you can't look like you think you're clever or that what you're doing you have to people don't like especially if you're a female unfortunately uh, smarty pants or somebody you it's so unlikable if you go on stage and you're too high status and this is what I think about the world if there's no vulnerability it is so jarring and audiences hate it (laughs) so on the one hand you kind of have to camouflage um, any sort of like real sort of, it sounds so stupid, like camouflage how intelligent you are, but you can't sort of look like you think you're that intelligent because people won't like you. And also the whole point of a stand-up is to make it look effortless, like it's just popping into your head. So you kind of, you have to sort of hide all the structure and the effort that went into it and make it look as easy as possible because the really amazing comedians you never want somebody to come to your show and then come out thinking oh well they're very smart you want people want to say they're so funny or I could imagine going for a drink with them or what an idiot you know the best comedians like even like somebody like Jerry Seinfeld who's obviously extremely intelligent that wouldn't work you can't be intelligent as a comedy persona it has to be I'm smart yes I'm a disaster or yes I'm a loser so you really have to hide it as much as possible that's really interesting uh exploration of that because I know that most comedians have in a huge appetite for information and they they're new you know I know Ron you're you're a real sort of news hound aren't you love and you and you follow issues but the whole idea that you can't be seen as being too intelligent to deliver it just kind of makes me a little bit cross actually it can be a little bit frustrating because it def- it definitely is gendered it really really is yeah I and was, i think i was going to say that and i thought i wouldn't <laughs> but i yeah it is gendered i think uh People, you immediately, like I said, just come across as very... I think there's more bandwidth if you're a man to be opinionated on certain issues, unfortunately. Mm. But even then, you know, even male comedians, there has to be a vulnerability there. Like even any satirist, they always ultimately have to be the butt of the joke as well. Yeah. It's a self-deprecation mode. Yeah. Definitely. 
You're listening to How to Have Fun at Work, brought to you by Funny Women and Hilarious. So that kind of answers one of the things I wanted to cover, which is about whether being intelligent is a help or a hindrance in your chosen fields. And I think, I think actually, Grace, would you, I mean, I think you have to be seen as reasonably intelligent in the field you're in, but have you got an opinion on that? Reasonably being the um, <laughs> optimal word there. Um, I think, look, I think it'd be naive for me to sit here and say that it's, it doesn't open the first few doors to go into professional environments, like very formal measures of intelligence, like exams or degrees or whatever, definitely close doors to some people. Um, and that's still the case, you know, it's the, the way it's been in a meritocracy, meritocracy type way. Um, but I think once you're in, um, other other attributes matter just as much as intelligence. So resilience, effectiveness, ability to play nicely in the sandpit with other people really matter too on, on how, how well you can get along. I think um, intelligence also, you need to treat it with care. It has to be nurtured um, and you can't just then rest on what you've learned so far. You have to be constantly listening and you know the school teacher thing of like two ears one mouth of um being pro very proactive in kind of absorbing information and uh treating it in that way to kind of translate it into intelligence rather than just opinions and information um so I think Gronia uh, and I want to come and work at Cantar now because they obviously <laughs> have a sandpit, <laughs> which sounds very exciting. Never mind the uh, the bean bags or whatever they are. I think every I think every company should have a sandpit. So it's interesting because I think in a funny roundabout kind of way, you've both said sort of the same thing about selling ourselves short in some way, you know. And is you know uh, what is it? about us all being shy of promoting ourselves um what is it about the sort of shoot down culture that that we live in i mean gonya you've had a few experiences as a, com as a comedian where i think you've been very smart and bright and intelligent in your response to things but then you've had to deal with an enormous backlash almost do you want to talk about one of them? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would frame us as a switching comedy about p putting yourself down. I think it's more about you have to be vulnerable and you have to. It's like that mixture of you can't be just all head and intelligence because I've noticed from running my writing classes, there's like always two extremes. There's always the people who are like, well, I'm good at this, so I'm just going to do this sort of joke and that's all there is. And it's all instinct and I don't want I, I, you know, I'm just going to follow my instinct and that's it. And then there's other people and they want to be good so much that they stress and they think there's some magic formula. And if they follow, like it's a, like it's a, you know, coding that they put into the computer and jokes will come out. And it's the, it's the perfect sweet spot is in the middle where it's, you, you know, work really hard, obviously, and, you know, do as best you can but then you do need instinct and you do need well what yeah. do I want to say what's my voice because both of those extremes don't work it's when you're willing to put the work in but then you're also willing to let go of all that and then think okay but what what is unique about me that I can bring to it and I think that's vulnerability that's not intellectual at all and it's all like heart 
that is where the magic happens. Indeed. I think that's, uh, is that, is that replicated in the world of business, Grace, do you think? I think, I think so. I mean, I think, unfortunately, we have less opportunity to go off instinct. Um, Mm. But I do think that it's a muscle, like you have to, you have to train it and work it. It won't, I I realised kind of earlier on in my 20s that I wasn't going to wake up one day and suddenly just feel comfortable with promoting myself or suddenly just feel like completely at ease with challenging groupthink in a meeting room, right? You have to start small and build up that muscle so it becomes normalised. And if you aren't lucky enough to work with people who empower you to do that, in like the truest yeah. meaning of the word empower empower you maybe you can be that for someone else you know and you can kind of help each other do it in a kind of pal situation <laughs> like a um like a mentoring way because yeah it it you'll get knocked down and it will feel weird it won't feel comfortable all the time but you will get that stronger so i think yeah they are kind of relatable in that way on changing what your instincts feel like maybe I think the mentoring thing's very pertinent as well because I know within the two worlds that I inhabit um, on the comedy side, all the women in the funny women community are brilliant at sort of supporting each other and there's always a sort of mentoring atmosphere and it's brilliant. Everyone helps each other out and despite how it may seem, women really do work together (laughs) in the world of comedy uh it's interesting uh i I think they really support each other i think they've had they've had to and i've also seen exactly the same thing in the world of business where you have companies with a really good culture uh diversity culture inclusion culture and they really down you know down mentor from the top up um you know not just female mentors but male mentors with with women as well i've noticed how that has just improved so much even in the last 10 years i mean is that the case where you are grace do you think um it is the case and it's it can be informal or formalized um i think the key is to remember that maybe no one will just turn around and say, oh, hello, um, I'd love to mentor you. That's just unlikely to happen. Um, <laughs> because too Brit- That's not very British, is it, <laughs> that way? Very British. <laughs> no. And we're too busy, you know. We've all got so mm. much going on. Everyone's always thinking about themselves. So to make the case to someone like, this is why I would love for you to mentor me, I'm sure they'd be really flattered. And that's a fun, you know, way to test out this new muscle as well. Um but it is changing. I think it's interesting what you say as well about um, comedy and the way that it's almost like a secret society that look out for each other because you're almost borrowing the experiences of other people and saving yourself a bit of time. I don't know if that's what it's really like. We'll ask Gronya. Is that yeah. what it's like? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it feels so weird because if, you know, we've all been, it feels like talking about the world of stand-up feels like I feel like Rose at the end of Titanic trying to remember the smell of the paint <laughs> but I think it's weird I think there's just I think the last few years have changed so much for women in comedy and I think yeah the dynamic has really changed there's just so many women in comedy I think when I started it was so much smaller and it was such a much smaller little network but I think that just it just I, yeah, it's 
there it's there's so many more women in comedy now and I feel like that access to sort of power has shifted more towards bringing in newer voices female voices sort of not the you know white Oxbridge boys that it has been for so so long so I think yeah I think things have improved a lot a lot more recently and when you run your writing uh, courses do you have a mix of is it men and women or is it just women so up until recently it has been three quarters women which I love I just love so much <laughs> I won't lie I love it if it's like all women and maybe two old men that's like my sweet spot I love it <laughs> but it is more now um I think this the last few ones have been more evenly split mm. and there's always oh, I don't know whether I should say this there's always about like one young male comedian who will question me about every single oh, thing yeah. I say and it drives me up the wall um, and it is always a man so I've always find that really interesting I sort of prep myself for the first day of class I'm like okay the Spanish Inquisition will be today, uh, but uh, it's 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 usually more women, which is good. It, it's a cultural thing, I think. The man in the room it feels that they he has to take responsibility for everything, and I've I've learned that. And I, I again I've seen it in business events where we've had primarily women, and then a smattering of men, and the men feel compelled to take some kind of leadership role. And I think it's it's because that's what they've always done and i you know we stand back and let them do it so yeah. we've got to start calling it out yeah it's exhausting yeah <laughs> so do you think there's a shift generationally as well because oh, do we embrace intellect or is there is there still a i think there's still a bit of a dumbing down of women in the spotlight you know uh the you know we've got to be pretty and we get our clothes commented on and there's always I don't know there's always like a an add-on that men don't get you know she's single or there was a whole thing about a bit of research where very relaxed research grace by the way <laughs> of where they looked at all national newspaper articles and every senior woman that was mentioned always had her age after her quote Whereas any and they compared it with men at the same level, they never mentioned their age. I mean, what's that all about, Grace? Do you want to comment on that first? Yeah, I mean that will take the filtering through. You know, we all hear bad stories, but we hear positive stories around what's normal now, and that filtering through to the kind of real front line of the press, I think, could take a much longer time, and it's. Other countries are almost worse, you know, for, for Angela Merkel in Germany, it's much worse. And I think um, it's easy to feel very depressed about that as well. Um, but I think when I feel those moments of, you know, doubt or how it might be perceived and all those ands that come after my job title that might, you know, be used to describe me because I'm a woman, is that it's kind of theater, the workplace in a way, like my job title is like this act that I'm doing. And if I, if I think about it like that, which I don't do all the time, but when I'm in moments of crisis, I'm just playing a role, you know, I'm not paid to just nod and send emails, at least I hope not. So 
it gives me this confidence that it's like I'm going to play this role and other women might look at me and I might be looking at other women and they might just be doing the same, just kind of putting on this kind of costume almost. And it makes it a little bit easier, kind of, I think, provides protection between yourself who can feel quite vulnerable um, and the job that needs to be done to change people's opinions about what women can do, which is absolutely everything that they want to really. Now, that's when you know that your surname rhymes with town and not clown as well (laughs) so yeah bear that in mind for future confrontations but yeah no I I do and what about the Reykjavik index are there any key findings that are relevant to this conversation that Um, you can impart I think so I mean it's really informed what all of us experience every day so we find essentially that people are not as comfortable with women in leadership positions as they are with men. That's true of every country we measure, um, every age group. Younger people, in fact, are less likely to think that women are as equally suitable to lead. Um, So what was previously anecdotal and this kind of secret society of women who all knew this um, means we have now evidence about attitudes and how they are not changing. So despite... Me Too or what other movements have happened across the world, it's not translating into how the conversation happens around the kitchen table and how we judge these women. So it's not an uplifting read, um, but I am proud to say that it's something that we measure because we, we you notice these things, you know, we all know what the gender pay gap report is now and we expect it to come out um, and it holds people to account, which I think is the absolutely critical thing Um, is that accountability and evidence helps you really kind of do that this This is how to have fun at work with lynn parker the founder of funny women to find out how to have fun in your workplace visit www.herlarious.co.uk Well, I think, Gronya, we need a, a whole comedy campaign around the Reykjavik Index, oh, actually, oh don't you? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> get our hands on that. So, Gronya, um, have you got any thoughts about breaking the, the glass ceiling? Sorry to use that phrase, but it's still being used. I mean, in, in any of in business, in our world of comedy, have you got any th- well, comments I, I mean, on this? As, de- as sad as I am, you know, to hear about, you know, the the findings about women in leadership. I do try and take hope in, I'm fascinated by, like, female comedians in their early 20s on TikTok. I find them absolutely fascinating. I really do, because there's a sort of, there's a point of view and there's a style of comedy that just, it's so different. It's so different. And it's really, I've noticed that it's very much coming from like a really unbelievably confident point of view. And it's really like, I'm amazing. I'm incredible. And that's sort of the starting point. And that is 180 degrees different to the sort of style of comedy that was the cliche when I started out. It was all like self-deprecating and I hate my body and blah, I can't get a boyfriend. And these girls are like, you know, wearing these incredible outfits, all fancy makeup hair and being like, oh, my boyfriend found me slagging him off on my Instagram again. Ha ha. 
And it's just incredible. So I try and take solace from that. I think that's really inspiring. More arrogant, entitled female comedians in the early 20s. I think that is the answer. And there's and it is very it. reflective of the way things are in society, isn't it, really? And it's yeah. there's there's more process going on just to be able to create something on TikTok. Mm-hmm. You've got to, you know, in terms of intelligence, you've got to put a lot of things together. I mean, I, you know, if I've got to record myself, I get in a right old state, you know, <laughs> pulling. But, but, you know, we've got to come up to the game. We've got to do it as well, you know. I, I really think it's up to all of us to to watch that next generation and how they're doing and how they're communicating. And I'd like to think in the mentoring process, us oldies can give something back as well, because I think what what we did in our youth was very different, but I still think there's a place for that uh, communication, speaking to people, old-fashioned telephone calls, one-day meetings again you know I think I think there is a I don't want to lose that culture the ideal workplace culture is where we have a mix of everything Grace do you think we will end up with a a kind of workplace mix between working online and going back in the workspace um I just want to say that I totally co-sign what you said more young people confident like coming through who aren't subscribing to the same perhaps um, doubts and guilt syndromes that we did. Um, I hope there is a movement to going back into an office space. I think um, there is chatting to people and the kind of ugly term for it is networking, but it's also known as gossiping and it's a very powerful tool. And I think doesn't matter who you are you can learn more about what's happening in the company or about a person that you're working with in five minutes in a face-to-face chat than you could across weeks online so I hope so because it it gives that you know fun's cousin like I talked about of those moments of like levity and sense of humor it's near impossible to do if you don't really know someone online um so doesn't work on an email stream does it you know well you'll find out if it hasn't worked on an email stream pretty quickly (laughs) as well um as I found so I think yeah I hope so because that's what brought us here you know was that Mm. interaction every day I don't think as 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 humans we're quite ready for just interacting with tiny little quads nor should we expect to be doing our best work like that I'm all for the old-fashioned networking I'm going to bring it back I'm not going to let it go. I started out in my 20s networking and I'm still doing it. And that is the way I've done everything. And I am proud of that. So I'm not going to get rid of it. Call it what you like, Grace, but it's still there. Um, It's time to round things up. So I need just from you one top tip on how to have fun or humour or whatever you want to call it, Grace, uh, at work or just just how to have fun generally. Gronya. Um, so I would say if you're doing a task and it feels really overwhelming, play, try and play a game in your head with, okay, I'm going to do it. Give yourself a time deadline because I think that's really important. And be like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do as bad as possible. Like I'm <laughs> going to be as mediocre as possible at, as this as possible. And oh, it just takes that. all the pressure off and it gets you going. It gets you out of your head. And within a few minutes, you're 
you're not stuck anymore. And it's, you know, it's released some of the air bubbles. Not taking yourself too seriously either, is it? It's yeah. not putting yourself under pressure. Brilliant, brilliant tip. Beat that, Grace. Oh, I know. No, no pressure. I'll come up with my most mediocre tip and then it just proves the point. Um, I think the enemy of fun is stress and it's impossible to exist in both zones at the same time. So, I mean, some people actually are saving lives, right? But we are, most of us are not. So I think just go for good go for like great but don't worry about trying to make it perfect or striving for some level of perfection just do a good job and make fun something that you plan for in the same way you would I think eminently eminently intelligent responses from both of you (laughs) as I would have expected so before we go uh, and say goodbye to the world of podcast um I would love you to tell our audience where they can find you and what you what you're doing what you're promoting Gronya and so I have got a website which is www.grognymaguire.co.uk and on it you can sign up to my weekly newsletter slash nervous breakdown and I've started doing them the last few weeks I absolutely love doing them so if you fancy a little little email little newsletter from me every week in your email sign up that sounds brilliant. And what about you, Grace? Um, so we continue to measure what people think. So um, I'm on Twitter, which is at Grizzo, which is a hangover from a younger time, but <laughs> still works. And um, shared lots of our kind of latest studies there. Um, and would love to subscribe to a newsletter slash Nervous Breakdown, to be honest. That sounds like right <laughs> up my right up my street. And where can people find the Reykjavik Index? Ah, so if you can, if you first do the spelling of Reykjavik and then into Google find Reykjavik Index for Leadership and you'll find the report there. It's all free to download and we'll be doing it again in November this year. Brilliant. Well, thank you both so much. Um, Look forward to seeing you in real life very soon. Thanks so much. Bye. You've been listening to How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker. If you like us, please subscribe, review and share. Chicken, 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 chicken.